Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number eight of the Game Review Pad podcast. My name is Andre Calvert. I'm the editor-in-chief. And today, I'm joined by Louis Hughes. How's everything going? Everything's going great. Just another unusual cold day here in Texas. Yeah, it's pretty cold here in New York, and uh, hope for everyone in, on the east side at least, and we uh, make sure the snow goes away, because it's getting kind of annoying about this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in any case, this is episode number eight, but this is a special episode, because this is going to be our first episode of the the Meet a Contributor series, where I'll ask questions to a contributor to kind of get to know them more, so the listeners can kind of figure out what what their favorites in video games are and their review philosophy is. And so, Louie, you're going to be the first one up, and so no pressure. And, no uh, pressure at all. <laughs> yeah, so let, uh, let's get started and talk about you, Louie. And so uh, um, the first question I want to ask is... Uh, where are you from? Um, actually, that's a funny story because actually I was raised into a military family. So technically, I was born in Newport News, Virginia. However, not too long after I was born, uh, dad got promoted. So we got stationed over to Ramstein Air Force Base near Kaiserslautern in Germany. Stayed there for a few years and then got transferred to Columbia, South Carolina. And after that, we got transferred here to San Antonio, Texas. And then afterwards, we got transferred over to Carlisle, Pennsylvania, which is about 20 miles from Harrisburg. Uh-huh. And then after after my dad retired, we moved back here to San Antonio, which where I'm currently living. Very nice. Uh, so it seems like you bounced around to quite a few places. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, heck of a world travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let's now shift gears to video games, which is what this is all about. So uh, how long have you been playing video games? Ooh, I could say ever since not too long after, because I was born in 83, so I started playing in, in 86. Actually, the first console I played was the Atari 2600 and then the Intertelevision, even though my dad just bought the regular Nintendo, but... He wasn't ready for me to play that just yet, so I had to play those other two older systems. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, then I was able to move up to the regular Nintendo, which yeah. the very first Nintendo game I played was not Mario Brothers, surprisingly. It was actually DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, which leads into my next question, which is, uh, do, um, do you remember the first time that you played a video game? I can barely remember playing the Atari 2600 in the Intertelevision, but I can remember to this day my first experience playing DuckTales. 
because I was just, it was a game I rented or I didn't rent. My mom had to rent it. But basically that was the game I just picked to rent because at the video store, because, oh, I watched the cartoon series. The box art for the game looks amazing. So yeah, I want to rent DuckTales. And then upon, and then upon playing DuckTales, I was so amazed at how the game looked, how the game sounded, especially because of the music and just how the game controlled. And honestly, Internet television and Atari were okay, but playing DuckTales on Nintendo just cemented me saying, wow, I can't wait to see how more advanced these games get. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's really advanced really far over the uh, really far over the years and with all the technology and everything. And since you've obviously played video games for a long time, my next question is, what platforms have you owned over the years? Mm-hmm. Now, platforms that I technically own or platforms that I got from someone else, would that be included as well? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, so then, oh, then that would basically be the Atari 2600, my dad's Atari 2600, my dad's Intertelevision, my dad's Nintendo, and then from then, it was the Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Nintendo GameCube, Sega Saturn, or not the Saturn, the Sega Dreamcast, uh-huh. and the Xbox, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Wii, Xbox, Xbox 360, and Wii U, <laughs> Xbox, <laughs> Xbox One. Oh, yeah, and then the Game Boy series with the Game Boy, and then I went yeah. from the, game, the Game Boy to the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy Advance SP. <laughs> Game Boy Micro, the DS, the original DS, which I traded in for the DS Lite, followed by the DSi, and then the DSi XL, and the 3DS, and soon I'll get the new 3DS XL. <laughs> All right, that sounds like a lot. Sounds like you've had quite your experience over the years, and that you have also a very good. Uh, view of how the games have advanced over the years because you've played so many different platforms. Oh, yes. And those are right, so, all the platforms I own. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And so, uh, w- so what are some of your favorite games that you can remember? DuckTales would definitely have to be up there on that list, followed by Super Mario Bros. 3, Super Mario World, Super Mario RPG, F Zero, Pilot Wings, Massif the Mass Effect series, Forza. I mean, there's just so many. <laughs> Those are just the tip of the icebergs right there. Yeah, and so let me uh continue uh franchises. Uh those are your franchises also, like uh can you name any other franchises that were your favorites? It would de- well one f- oh the San Francisco Rush series I can't believe I forgot about that that the San Francisco Rush series the cruising series oh gosh the Paper Mario series and Mario Kart and Mario Party Halo franchise Mortal Kombat so you Killer play a lot Instinct. of different kinds of games pretty much oh yeah which and so what, apparently, what, yeah, keep going. 
I was just going to say, which apparently is rare in today's generation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, let me follow it up by what would you consider your favorite genre is? I would platforming without a doubt. Like Super Mario games. That would probably be the biggest highlight. Right. Because it just seems, especially now, platforming games are starting to become a dime a dozen, with the exception of indie games. But for most, like, on the mainstream consoles, platforming games are starting, unless it's Nintendo, platforming games have kind of been on the downhill. Uh Uh-huh. Which is kind of unfortunate, because I feel that platforming games especially give you a good hand-eye coordination of things. Yeah, and also, they were also pretty difficult to play also. Like, oh, uh, yes. <laughs> especially, like, the games on, like, the uh, Nintendo, Genesis, Super Nintendo, those kind of systems. Oh, yeah, those when, were the games. Yeah, those were, that was a time when the platform games were really, uh, they were, the platformers were, re- were really, really abundant and hard, hard to finish also. Oh, yeah, you know, it's just because of those little lack of lack of checkpoints or once you're out of continues that's it and you're just yeah. <laughs> you see that you see that game over screen and just I'll come back to it later. I just don't want to start over now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And alright, so let's continue. Um what what would you consider your favorite video company is? Video oh, game company. Be- video game company. Without a doubt Nintendo. And why would you say that? Well, it would have to go down to... I just had a lot of fond memories with that system. And since that system has been around since I was young, and the fact they're still here today, it's kind of like a little nostalgia for me since from the very beginning with playing DuckTales on the original Nintendo of how fascinated I was with that to now with uh, Super Mario 3D, Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U, how I was, I'm still amazed at how the game looks in place by today's standards. Yeah. So it basically, it just felt like Nintendo to me is basically that best friend you've had since you was a kid and Uh you're still communicating with your best friend to this day. Yeah. And even, yeah. And even though it's had some, some issues over the years, it's kind of like you, you always want to, you're like, that's the company that you want to root for to make sure that they never go away. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I even, I told people this and I, I, I'll just say it here. Like the day that Nintendo says, okay, we're done. Pack it up. That's the day I'll just stop playing video games in general. Really? That's the, that's a pretty strong viewpoint. Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I'm sure Microsoft and Sony will still have their gaming consoles, but it's just not going to have that. As some people call that Nintendo feel when, Nintendo decides to just pack it up and call it a yeah. day. Yeah, so, uh, alright, let's move on to, uh, next question. Uh, is there a game that you like that is universally disliked? Yes, that game is Metroid Other M. And why, why did, why is that, why do you like Metroid Other M? I essentially, I just like the gameplay of it. Because it plays just like the original Metroid games, minus the numerous, numerous backtracking that turns me off about the franchise. But yeah, I thought the, I mean, the game did have parts, because you're using the Wiimote 
a la Nintendo style where you just hold the Wiimote sideways to play the game. Uh-huh. And then when you start to actually go into first person mode, you have to point the Wiimote at the TV screen, then it starts to turn into a, a Metroid Prime like feel. Uh-huh. But there are times though where you, you don't just go left and right, you also go into a three dimensional space. And sometimes using a D pad for that doesn't always work so well. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I I basically like the gameplay of Metroid again. Oh, sorry, Metroid Other M. But the reason why, unfortunately, that game gets universally panned is because of how Samus is portrayed in that game. Uh-huh. Which I think it's kind of going overboard. I can understand where some people are coming from, but it wasn't like a. It didn't affect me from liking the game, but it affected a lot of people that did because when they heard about how the characterization of her was changed so drastically, it's like. No, I don't even care if the gameplay is good. This game is horrible. End of story. And it's because of that, that game has pretty much become, as I like to call, the Mario Brothers 2 of the franchise. <laughs> yeah, the, I know Mario Brothers 2 is definitely n- not one of those. I don't even think I've played it like more than a couple times. That's how much I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, listen, listen, let me ask you the uh, opposite question. Is there a game that you don't like that is universally liked? I'm sorry to say this, but it has to be the Monster Hunter series. <laughs> and why I mean, is that? I tried really hard. I tried really, really hard to like that franchise, but I just cannot get into it. And I give <laughs> all the props in the world to the people who can get into it. But for me personally, I just couldn't get into that franchise. Is it the controls or the the grinding or what? I what is a, it exactly? A mixture of the controls and the grinding. The controls took some getting used to, and even that, the pacing of it. I. But then again, maybe it's because my character was so I didn't level up my character enough. But it was just also uh-huh. the grinding to where, as I'm sure we'll get to later, grinding. There's only certain levels of grinding I'll accept. But with me being so busy with life, I can't grind as much as I used to. Uh-huh. So that's why for the Monster Hunter franchise, I tried to get into it, but I just, me personally, I don't see the appeal. But if you like it, hey, good for you. I have nothing but respect for you. All right. Oh, uh, now, what would you consider your favorite? What your favorite video game characters? I would definitely. For my favorite Philkin character would have to be Mario, just because, I mean, look at him. He's not what you <laughs> expect in a video game character, and yet he does all these things and gets the girl. So if Mario can, there's hope for anybody, since, he's, <laughs> since, Mario, since Mario, to me, shows like, oh, the average Joe. He's a plumber, only, for goodness sake, yeah, and look what plumber. he does. <laughs> He has all these degrees in racing and golf, and he's a doctor. It's like, come on. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a nice way to put it. All and right, I would so also have to go with. Oh, actually, for a second character, I have to go with Kirby because no matter you can have a very bad day, you can just look at Kirby and say, "I can't get mad at that." <laughs> no way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so. Uh... What would you say is your favorite console? Without a doubt, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And why is that? That system is just beyond perfect. The controller was comfortable to hold. 
The gaming library is amazing. It has a good library of first and third party games. Uh huh. And just, man, every weekend was just so awesome to go to the video store, rent a new Super Nintendo game, and just be floored by how good that game plays. Even though I did rent some bad games, but overall, the good outweighed the bad. <laughs> All right, so now let me follow this up by asking, what console generation do you think was the best and why? I would have to say the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis era. Very good answer. Why would you say that? I wish I could use an analogy, because I'm not sure how many people watch pro wrestling, but I consider that like the Monday Night Wars of the console generation, because (laughs) you have... The Super Nintendo, and then here comes Sega Genesis, and even I'll admit during that time, like nowadays, I think with the advent of the internet, the quote-unquote console wars gets a little bit too personal with some people, if you say one's better than the other, but back when I was a kid, I had a Super Nintendo, my friend owned a Sega Genesis, he would ask me, hey, you want to play Sonic the Hedgehog? like, okay, sure, and then he would ask, hey, I want to play Super Mario World, okay, let's go to my house and play that, because... The competition between those two systems was a winner because you own a Sega Genesis, you had those good games. You own a Super Nintendo, you own these good games. Yep. And also, this was a time when, well, when I was a kid, you could only pick one system. It's not today where you can own multiple systems. Uh. <laughs> so it's just you had to pick a team and you just had to stick with that team in. And like I said, even I admit, when I had the Super Nintendo, it's like, oh, wish I had a Sega Genesis to play Sonic. He's pretty cool. But hey, I'll just stick with Mario. All right, now I'm going to ask you, what do you think is the most underrated console and why? Without a doubt, I actually, before we start recording, I thought I had my pick, but I consider two, and I always keep flip-flopping on which ones. But for the sake of this one, I would have to say most underrated console, in my opinion, is the Sega Dreamcast. Because was, yeah, because of the faults that they had with the Saturn, the 32X. Dreamcast, they got it right. They had, in my opinion, still to this day, the best launch lineup of games. And the controller did take some getting used to, but overall, the Sega Dreamcast, it was just a very, very Good system, but as soon as the PS2 was announced, all that hype for the Dreamcast just fizzled away immediately. <laughs> Which is ironic, of course, because the Sega Dreamcast is the first system I bought with my money as well. Wow. So that was the beginning of the no more getting gaming consoles as birthday or Christmas gifts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I would definitely have to say the Sega Dreamcast is the most underrated. And I would have liked to see Sega still be in the console business to this day. It would have been very interesting. Yeah, that's one thing that uh, when you talk earlier about uh, what would happen if Nintendo uh, uh, went away, it kind of, I think it kind of surprised a lot of people that Sega, because of how good they were going with the Genesis, how they kind of just disappeared. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Because, yeah, when I heard the news about Sega was no longer going to be in the console business or just going to be a third-party company, I, as soon as everybody else, was just shocked at the news. That just yeah. came out of left 
that news just came out of left field, which was also ironic because that was not too long after I picked up my Dreamcast because that was back when I think they dropped it to ninety nine dollars. Uh-huh. And then after the news, it was after the news of them going out of business, it went from ninety nine dollars to forty nine dollars for a Dreamcast. <laughs> so it's like, man, that's just still to this day, that's just one of the most shocking moments in my gaming life for that to happen. Yeah, so let me ask you the opposite question. What what do you think is the most overrated console and why? Oof, after I... it's all said and done, after the life of that console finished, which console is it? Ugh, I hate to say this, but I had after really thinking about it in context, this is going to be a shock. But I'm going to have to say the Wii. The Wii? Yeah. Why would you say that? Now, don't get me wrong. Even though the Wii had, still has a good library of games, but what made it kind of overrated was just, I guess, all the attention that it was getting. Because, I mean, on one end, it's great that the gaming, or not the gaming media, the mainstream media actually had good things to say about video games that wasn't like, oh, video games are to blame for blah, 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 blah. And they're actually saying, oh, the Wii's actually family time and people in senior homes are playing it, but it just feels like that marketing... There weren't enough games on there. Well, I'm looking at my collection. I have like over like 40 Wii games, but yeah. but you are right, though. The problem was was how they advertised it, because most of these yeah. games I own, you, you haven't heard of these games, because they weren't yeah. marketed. And Nintendo just went on the, hey, people are playing Wii Sports, so... Aside from Galaxy and Smash, yeah. let's not talk about those other games. And I felt that in the long run, now that I think about it, the the hype machine for the Wii was kind of just, mm-hmm. oh, because of Wii Sports. And it still frustrates me to this day. We did not get Mario Bowling. I mean, the bowling mechanics in Wii Sports Bowling was flawless. But do you, don't you think the motion control, the, like the, do you think the, maybe the, they overestimated the uh, the popularity of motion controls or something like that. Oh, I agree without a doubt because the system came out, I think, three, not too long after the PS3 came out. So I'm sure Nintendo figured after, as they call the flop of the GameCube, they figured, yeah, well, we're going to try this new idea and see what happens. Oh, well, good luck. <laughs> good luck, team. Wait, we're actually selling? Wait, wait, we're actually doing better than expected? Oh, um, oh, we weren't expecting this to happen. <laughs> so it it's kind of hard to say. I would say the Wii was overrated, I guess just because of the sales of how because it did really, really well. But then when you look at it in hindsight, the majority of people who bought the Wii are people who basically don't play games in general and just bought it because of the what people were saying about it. It's like, oh, Wii Sports, okay, let's do this. <laughs> but then after as you see now after the motion controls kind of started to fade into obscurity uh-huh. now it's just oh video games yeah alright now let's talk about multiplayer uh, what what games do you think gave you the best multiplayer experience and this can be like a local multiplayer or online multiplayer okay you know, for local multiplayer, 
without a doubt, Mario Kart 64. I, yep. I still remember that because the N64, first Nintendo system to have four controller ports built in. So we didn't have to rely on a multi-tap adapter or whatnot. <laughs> Uh-huh. And then when the game came out, it's like, oh, I got Mario Kart. Sweet. I can bring my yeah. N64 controller. I can bring mine. And I can bring mine. And then yeah. <laughs> playing four-player split screen on back then what I think was like a 10 or 12-inch TV. <laughs> and we <laughs> still had a blast. Yeah. Especially in battle mode. That just says a lot. And even when... My friend got the Wii, and he downloaded Mario Kart 64 on the virtual console, and he played it on a 40-inch TV. It was the same effect, where we were still just having a blast. Yeah. So, uh, let me follow this up by asking, so what console do you think gave you the best multiplayer experience? I would have to say, without a doubt, Nintendo's still on top of that list, followed by the original Xbox because of Halo. But... Xbox, it was just that one game. On Nintendo, uh-huh. I had Mario Kart, Mario Party, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, WWF No Mercy, WCW. Yeah, so that's Nintendo 64, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a... Uh, yeah, that's a... Uh, a lot of people pro- overlook Nintendo 64's multiplayer, but that was a... Uh, it was the, the four-person experience that really helps make it. Let's talk about your review philosophy now. Okay. Since this game review pad is a review site, I want to talk about how you review your, your games and what your perception of your, of things when, uh, reviewing a game. So how would you describe your review philosophy? Uh, it would basically just go down to the fact of how excited I am to play that game. And once the excitement wears over, putting the game in, and then once I start to play it, I do start to take mental notes of what I'm noticing about these games. And I also, because of today's day and age, whether or not when I'm playing it one day and then the next day, oh, a patch just came out. Then I have to (laughs) make another note of, okay, what was done before patch and after patch so I can mention that. Yeah. And then upon playing it, also beating the game so I get the full experience. Right. And then when it comes down to the full experience and then the the sound, because actually funny thing is I have a, a 5.1 system hooked up so I'm able to get the pure gaming experience, as they say. Uh-huh. And when it comes right down to it, I also, once I finish playing the game, I also have to Think about, like, when writing the review, it's like, okay, like, what was that one part that I liked? What was that one part I didn't like? What's this one part that, and it's, I'm not sure if this counts, but there'll be parts where, like, I'll read someone else's review. It's like, okay, I just noticed this part in the game, but all these other reviews I've read, they didn't mention that part. So I'm going to mention that part that I've noticed that everybody else seemed to have missed over on or skipped over. Yeah. Or maybe it was an Easter egg that I caught that everybody else hasn't caught yet. Right. And when I write the review, and if, like, the review pattern I write is, I told my friends about this, is that, like, when I do, like, each section, I kind of do it in memoration of GamePro magazine, because that's, I remember that's how GamePro used to do their reviews, and I just, I just like that to be, like, an homage to back when 
I had to rely on magazines like GamePro and EGM and Nintendo Power to get my news source instead of yeah. today where we just click on whatever internet browser you prefer and boom, there's your information. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, uh, all right. So now since you've played, you've, uh, you've obviously played video games for a very long time. You've seen the advancement of graphics. And now I'm going to ask you a, a tougher question that I think you might find different answers across, uh, different age groups. And that is, how do you value graphics versus gameplay? For me, it's always been about gameplay. If you have a, in my opinion, if you have a game that plays flawlessly, the controls are responsive and everything, your game can look horrible. But if it plays great, that's all I care about. Now, if you have a game that plays great and looks fantastic, then that's just a triple layer chocolate fudge sundae yeah. <laughs> dessert right there. But yeah. unfortunately, there have been some games. I can, like, take the Sega CD, for example. When the Sega CD came out, everybody was floored by, oh, man, look at those realistic, gra- real not realistic graphics, but realistic cutscenes. And then yeah. you play the game, and you can't control it. It's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so there's examples of that. And, like, oh, goodness, I can't believe I'm bringing this up. The um, Bionic Commando reboot on the Xbox 360 and PS3. I mean, that game looked flawless, but my goodness, that game controlled horribly. (laughs) So I just feel that if you focus all your attention on how good the game looks, but then when it comes to having to push the jump button and it's taking a two-second delay for that character to jump, then something's not right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. And the obviously the technical experience is tied to a lot of different things. And so um how do you th- ha- in your opinion, let's let me shift gears to uh in your opinion, how much should replay value affect a review affect a review? Big time. It should ref- it should reflect it a lot because you're spending your hard-earned cash on a game, and you want to make sure that this game is basically as much fun as you can get out of it. It's, I like to say this is a reason why I hardly ever trade in my Nintendo games, is because even though the game's been out for five years, I can still go back to it five years later and still enjoy the heck out of that game. Yeah. While with some games, you basically play it, you beat it, and then... You maybe wait a month or two for the DLC, and then afterwards you just trade it in. So replay value plays a huge part when I review games because I just want it to be where you buy a game, you're going to stick with that game for years to come. Now, how would you – now, that uh, the term replay value can mean different things for different people. How would you classify replay value? Replay value for me would be a game that I play, I beat the game, but then even though I did everything in that game, the game was so amazing, I would actually come back to that game and play it again, just like Super Mario Kart. That game came out 
back in 92, 93. And I still play that game to this day because that game is so amazing. Mm-hmm. So if you can make a game from 20 years back and it's still enjoyable, you really accomplished a lot right there. Yeah. So you're so you're not so pretty much you're to just clarify replay value in your in your opinion doesn't necessarily have to be a mechanic inside of the game. It can just mean that the, you would want to play the game again at some point. Right. Right. All right. So uh, now I want to ask you, what's your ideal length of a game? Nowadays, for me personally, no more than... My ideal length now would have to be no more than 30 to 40 hours. I mean, back when I was a kid and the only responsibility I had was basically doing chores in the house and doing my homework and getting good grades. (laughs) It's like, yes, all the time in the world. But now, yeah. now with responsibility, I can only do no more than 30 or 40 hours. So it it kind of turns me off when I hear like Xenoblade Chronicles X that's coming out for Wii U, how supposedly that game's going to be 300 plus hours. It's like, oh, yeah, I can probably only do about no more than 40 or 50. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that much time in the world for, 300, for a 300 plus hour game. <laughs> But I mean, but if there's a game like, uh, let me uh, clarify this a little bit. So if there's a game that takes like, that's like eight hours, are you gonna, is that not what you would want to see in a game? Or do you want to, do you want games to have that 30, 40 hour length? Oh, I'm okay with games like. Like uh, currently with uh, Saints Row Get Out of Hell, I'm well, the game clock says I'm within five hours and I'm close to beating that game. But even though the game is pretty short, I'm still having a good time with it just because I don't have as much time to play as games as much as I used to. Usually with short games like this, it takes me at least three to five weeks to beat it. While for most diehards, they could beat it in just one day. But uh-huh. but for me, because I'm so busy with the real world. Yeah. I can I can still I can still handle a game that I can that's technically a four or five hour game that people consider yeah. short, but I mean my length would be like thirty and forty, but I can still do with four to five hour games now. Uh-huh. Or I'm just saying, but yeah, but from my recommended length it would be like thirty to forty hours. Now would it is this uh would you would say this as a general or is this uh depending on the genre it uh, yeah it does depend on the genre like for action adventure games that's okay but for i know for rpg games those games are yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i expect at least 20 hours out of those games yeah all right, so let's move on. How much do you value multiplayer when reviewing a game? Honestly, I know this is this is going to sound terrible, but I now I don't really think about it that much since 90% of the time I'm playing these games, I'm playing it by myself. And I'm not a big fan of online multiplayer, but if the online multiplayer is in there, I'll play it just because I just for the sake of the review. Yeah. But overall, I mean, well, since 
because of that, I really don't value multiplayer as much. I still do for local multiplayer, but since most people do online multiplayer, it's not much of a thing for me anymore. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but it is what it is for me. Uh, let's go back to the technical experience a little bit. Do you have a strong opinion on now that we've, we're uh, very high in technology when it comes to games, uh, what, what's your opinion on uh, frame rate and like 30 frames per second versus 60 frames per second? Do you think, do you think that, uh, is, is there a significant difference in your opinion where you think 30 frames per second game is no longer good or is you feel everything needs to be 60 now? Personally, if that's what the designers can get out of the game, then I'm okay with it. I know I kind of, me personally, I could, I can see a difference between 30 and 60 because of games like Smash and Bayonetta 2. But just the fact that I feel personally that due to the marketing hype machine of Xbox One and PS4, everybody expected that system to for every single game to output 1080p at 60 frames a second. And the fact that, yes, I have an Xbox One, and yes, I know that system has a hard time <laughs> outputting games at 1080p, but yeah. I still don't care, even though I have a 1080p TV, but that that doesn't matter to me. As long as the game is good and it's flawless, props to them. But <laughs> because of this mentality of, Yes, we're in the current gen consoles. We got the Xbox One, the PS4, 1080p, yeah. 60. And just most recently now, I've read that for Uncharted 4, that apparently that game's going to be 1080p, 30. They're, they were gunning for 60, but it's going to be 30. And then you have people going, oh, I'm disappointed. I'm not getting it. It's not going to be in 60 frames. Like, really? The game's still <laughs> going to be amazing just because it's going to run at 30 instead of 60. It. Like I said, I just feel that technology-wise, it's gotten better. But then if you hype it to where everybody expects it to be like that, then that's where people just start to take that one issue from yeah. a game and just blow it out of proportion. Well, I think part of that is because a lot of people are paying all this money for like PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and they expect the quality to be a lot better than let's say, what they got with the PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360. So I think that plays a part in it also. That's true. But here's the funny thing about the PS3. If you look on the back of the boxes for PS3, it'll tell you the resolution the games are running in. And the majority of PlayStation 3 games run at 720p, but nobody made a big fuss about it. Yeah. That's definitely true. So uh, pretty much I think that's it for this interview. We might have another one at some point with other more interesting questions. Who knows? There are always things changing and always, I always like to get people's opinions, which is what Game Review Pad is all about. So uh, do you have any last thoughts that you would like to add that I might have forgotten or anything? Oh, no. I just found it on the last point about the resolution thing. How game like I'm looking at the my Wii U library and how games like like Mario Kart, like Mario Kart, Bayonetta, Smash Brothers, how those games I find it actually pretty surprising that for 
the Wii U, since it's, quote, an underpowered console, how that system, even though it runs at 60, I'm actually astonished, especially with Smash Brothers, with eight-player eight player mode, all that chaos, and that game is still locked at 60 frames a second. <laughs> to me, that was surprising. And they didn't, and I guess the reason why that surprised me was because Nintendo said nothing about it. They just said, oh, yeah, the game runs at 60 frames a second. That's it. They didn't say, like, <laughs> it was, like, even in eight-player mode, it's locked at 60 frames. I had to find that out for myself. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of people with different opinions, similar to yours and other more stronger opinions that want 60. So this is probably going to be a hot topic for many years to come, I'm sure. Which, it's kind of funny, though, because um, my coworkers at work, he has a... He's more of a piece. He plays games on his PC. And I was watching him play actually two week two weeks ago I saw him play uh the that hardline Battlefield Hardline beta on his computer and he had like the little thing where it captures how the frame rate. Oh uh um fraps maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm playing the beta on my three sixty at thirty frames and then here he is on his almighty PC at 105 frames a second. <laughs> it's like, whoa. That is a huge <laughs> jump, man. Yeah. But, like I said, me personally, as long as the gameplay is great, I could care less how fast the uh, frames per second is. I mean, this is coming from someone who played games I was running at, what, two or three frames a second? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, any other things that you want to add on before I close it up. E3 is going to be very interesting <laughs> <laughs> because so far it's 2015 has kind of started off still. Eh, you're just driving down the road and you're just going, Oh, your destination is 200 miles away. Oh, great. <laughs> All right. So, uh, that's the first, this is the first episode of the meet a contributor series louie it was fun i learned a lot of things that i i didn't expect to hear and uh <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of very strong opinions and uh obviously a big fan of nintendo so um uh where can we where can listeners uh find find you or follow you uh you can find me on my youtube channel it's um big lou that's B-I-G-G-L-O-U. And actually, right now, I'm actually going through some old um, gameplay footage I recorded back in the day when recording gameplay footage was somewhat new at the time. And I'll be uploading me basically fighting a boss battle in Paper Mario Thousand Euro Door. And you watch the battle and you would think, there's no way he can win this. He has he has no health. But, <laughs> spoiler alert, it's a really good battle with no health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but other than that I also hoping to finish up the my let's play of Saints Row 4 I'm close to beating that so get out of hell yeah oh not oh I'm close to beating get out of hell but I'm actually I'm actually doing the let's play on Saints Row 4 the game oh, itself okay. Oh, okay nice 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 hopefully I should so get hopefully I should get all the editing done by next month or hopefully, or who knows, since this is a podcast, you could be listening to this and, hey, it's up! 
That's true. That's true. And so that's uh, what, what's that? Big Lou on YouTube, right? With two G's, and it's all no space because if you space it out, you'll go to a rapper's site. <laughs> all right, so that's the first episode of the Media Contributor series. I'm the questions might change in the future, and uh, but probably be similar questions. Who knows? Let us know what you think, and I hope you learned more about Louie uh, after listening to this. And so thank you, everyone, and have a good day. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.